Hello, Dynasty In-Depth listeners. Welcome back to another episode. We apologize for our delay in between episodes. Ryan was redoing his kitchen. How'd that turn out? Still redoing my kitchen. Still redoing your kitchen. (laughs) I was moving my wife into a new office where she works, painting and remodeling. So we both had some other projects that took priority, unfortunately, but never again. Not as fun as projects. Not as fun. And never again will we let other (laughs) projects take priority over our loyal listeners. So we went through our off-season buys and sells in our last eight episodes, right? Yeah, was my math right? My math right, yeah. Yeah, sounds right to me, too. Four AFC, four NFC. There we go. Uh, So hopefully you were able to get some value out of that. Our input from the listeners was it was the best thing they ever heard. (laughs) We got no input, but I'll just assume that's correct. Yeah. Now we're on to what we love to talk about. Our favorite players that we watch every Saturday in college moving on to the NFL. And we decided to start our episode 10 on our top five rookie running backs. NFL Combine was two we- two weekends ago? Yeah, yeah just wrapped up on Sunday. Yeah. Sunday, that's right. Last weekend. Uh, I'll have to have this out this week to make sure that's actually true then. Yeah, they'll, they'll, they'll be okay with it. The, <laughs> the numbers aren't going to change. So talking about NFL combine nfl running backs who was the biggest winner and loser among running backs to you all right so yeah i thought overall the running backs performed fairly well in general yeah yeah um a lot of it was you know what we expected um for me there were a few winners in my opinion but i think the biggest winner to me was jonathan taylor um he was already in the group of you know the big three probably the big three was all one tier between him and swift and dobbins and i just think that he proved what we saw on the tape separated himself athletically from swift and dobbins um 99th percentile speed score 71th percentile burst and 66th percentile agility 226 pounds ran a 439 that's a big boy everything i saw on tape um you know, it just, he showed it at the combine, which is great to see. Absolutely. That's, uh, I agree 100%. He, a lot of people expected him to be athletic. I know some of the receivers, we expected certain things that maybe didn't happen. Uh, I think Cam Akers, we expected Mm -hmm. to, I don't know, maybe there was an expectation that he was more athletic Mm -hmm. than he ended up testing. Not that he tested bad, but Jonathan Taylor was definitely the clear winner amongst that elite group. Everyone else tested adequately. Adequately, Yeah. You might hear some noises in the background. It's Colt's dog uh, throwing around some toys tonight. So that's okay. Big. She's a big Dynasty in Depth fan. She is. She's listened to every episode. My wife isn't home, so the dog is on the loose. On the loose. We talk about it all the time. They're not double counting the results. So we knew Jonathan Taylor was athletic, right? Yeah. So the four three nine, I mean, it shows up on tape. If you haven't watched any of him play, I really suggest the Ohio State game from last year and the Michigan game. Uh, great competition he played against. But so we're not going to kind of double count Jonathan Taylor. We're just affirming that he is exactly what we saw on tape. Right, and when you these top running backs, I think there was a very thin margin between first, second, third, maybe especially first and second between Swift and Taylor. And there's a lot of back and forth. And 
a lot of people were looking for reasons to put one above the other. And when you just go through all your check boxes, this would be a reason to put Jonathan Taylor above Swift. If that's what you, if that's what you saw, if that's what you believed, how about a loser from the running backs? Yeah, that's gotta be Zach Moss for me. Mm. Um, I watched a couple of his games. He looked slow on film, back that up with a four, six, five at the combine. Um, that's a 45th percentile speed score based on his 223 pounds. Probably smart of him not to do the agility drills or yeah. anything else after that. Um, I think he just, I don't know. I was so underwhelmed watching him play, but, you know, I, I think it just, I think the combine kind of confirmed that for me. I actually had J.K. Dobbins, who was yeah. one of those running backs that I really wanted to push up there into that top three. Into like I, I, I think he's still part of the top three, but performing poorly i think not running is as bad as performing poorly because it, it signals to me that you don't think you can compete with these players and maybe nfl teams see it differently yeah but to me jk dobbins not running not doing any of the drills when he was fully healthy as far as i know i know he was a little bit hurt in the uh semi-final game but i don't think there's anything that should have stopped him from playing and i think if he would have exceeded expectation he could have jumped up into that group but he didn't so to me that uh that kind of pushed him down yeah i totally agree i the combine it's all the you know the college alpha athletes and i just think there's something about and maybe it's just me like you said maybe nfl gms don't see it this way but when you don't compete you know with all of the other alpha college athletes there's something i don't know maybe mentally to me at least it says I find that to be a weakness personally. I maybe I'm old school a little bit, but I think that if you if you're invited and you show up, you participate. Yeah. Unless you have a, a, a true injury. Right, right. And we saw him run a four four two in high school. Yeah. I don't know. I mean he had like a ninety ninth percentile spark score in high school. Yeah. So I don't think he's lost a lot of that. With, and you know, we talk about with these elite high end running backs, it's the thinnest of margins moving one above the other. Yep. And this can help their case to improve. So how much does the combine mean for running backs? Well, what what does this all mean? I mean, if if Jonathan Taylor would have came out ran a four five four, yeah, would that have dropped him down to running back five or below just like one spot maybe? So for me, I don't think the combine for running backs matters nearly as much as it does for wide receivers. Um, for me, running backs, I think the game's a little bit simpler. Um, so. I kind of just like to verify what I've seen. Okay. So if I'm watching a player, like at, at this point, you know, we've seen Jonathan Taylor play. We've seen Dobbins play, Swift play, Akers play. We've we've watched them play enough over the last three years that I kind of just want to say, I kind of want to just verify what I'm seeing on tape based on what I see at the combine. Now, if Taylor ran a 4-5, I kind of would want to go back and kind of right. watch some of that tape again and just see maybe if I was, you know... If, we all have, we're all biased towards something. So if someone tells you Jonathan Taylor is so athletic, he's so fast, I might force myself to see that on film. But, you know, if if I get some other information that's more tangible, I, I might want to see some more. I actually think about it the opposite way. Mm -hmm. I think the combine means more for running backs than mm -hmm. wide receivers. I don't think wide receiver athleticism. I think there's just a baseline. And above that, I, I don't really care as much. Like, I, I, don't, I don't care what the wide receivers run or how high they jump or anything like that. I care about production much more for wide receivers than I do for running backs from a number standpoint. So that's why the athleticism, like you said, I, 
I think running back is a simpler position to learn and Mm -hmm. grow into. And to evaluate. Right. So I think Mm -hmm. the more athletic running backs, even if they are in a worse conference or maybe their production wasn't as high, but if they're athletic and they get high draft capital, that's all I care about. So that's why I think that's actually more important for running backs Mm -hmm. than wide receivers. So you were saying you think it's less important for running backs and wide receivers I love the combine. I don't think it's crazy important for either position. I agree. Yeah, I agree. Um, I, I, I guess I just have found in the research that I've done that if you aren't that like explosive athlete as a wide receiver, you can excel much more in the NFL than you can as a running back, because almost all the top running backs except maybe Dalvin Cook, but his three count was it was good. Yeah, it was still pretty. Fairly good. Mm-hmm. They're elite athletes, but we don't necessarily see that with the wide receivers. Yeah, I guess I guess for me sometimes it's harder for me to evaluate a wide receiver by watching their film based on how fast they are. It's just a different position whether they're playing in the slot or they're playing outside, whether they're playing press coverage, off coverage. Sometimes, you know, you watch the all twenty two or whatever, and sometimes it's a little bit harder for me to judge a wide receiver's athleticism just by watching it. Okay. Whereas I feel like I don't know, eighty percent of the time. I feel like I could guess just by watching a running back kind of athletically how they're going right. to perform. And then when I see a huge outlier, like I think John Taylor's going to run a 4-4, he runs a 4-5-4, then I'm kind of like, oh, I got to go back and see what I was missing there. Okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. So you're saying the... I find running backs a little bit easier to read, I guess, just by watching the film. Watching the film versus wide receivers, so you get more of a sense of if these wide receivers have the adequate athleticism to perform in the NFL based on the combine that you don't necessarily see on film. Yeah. Maybe, maybe the right answer would be it's more important for me than it is for actual NFL GMs. Okay. That makes sense. So it kind of means a little bit different for uh, both of us, whether the combines, I think we both agree that combines the not the most important aspect of a prospects profile no but it we love it it just kicks no off. it's so much it, fun it kicks off all the fun but this is also a good this is kind of exactly where we you'd think we'd be right like you're more analytically minded right and i'm probably a little bit more i gotta see it film minded so it kind of makes sense that that we would break it down that way yeah yeah i agree so another question i was thinking about uh is failing to me so whenever you watch these running backs wide receivers whatever is can a player hurt themselves more at the combine than they can help themselves because i i read i've been reading a lot about you know some of these players like chase young and some of these other top end athletes sitting out because they can only hurt their prospect profile at some point do you think that's true i do think that's true i i think chase young someone like chase young is i mean as much as i just said oh maybe i'm old school but everyone should compete Chase Young not competing makes sense to me. I mean, what would he have to do at the combine to impress you? Right. We already think he's, or you know, we don't really evaluate defensive prospects that much, but people already think he's one of the best defensive prospects to come out in the last how many right. years? So, like, what would he need to do to 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 make you be like, wow, that was a great combine? But you know, he could put some question marks out there if he does. Yeah. I think about DK Metcalf last year. I'm not saying that DK Metcalf came in as a first round pick before the combine, but we saw this insane athleticism for someone his size. And then all we walked away from, it was like so many hours of talking about DK Metcalf. And then he did the agility drills and everybody yeah, just talked about, well, what if he's not agile? What if he can only Tom run Tom Brady had a better three, yeah. three cone drill than so I th- DK Metcalf. I mean, I think like some results can hurt, but I think this is just a piece of the puzzle 
with college production and athleticism and very importantly, draft capital and landing spots. So I just think it's one piece um, if you're weighting it a certain way. That makes sense. So what is your process when you're rating NFL and ranking NFL running back prospects for dynasty? Uh, yeah, uh, process starts years and years before this. So uh, I, I've talked about this before. I'm a huge we're huge college football fans. I'm I'm like a weird recruiting nerd as well. I love twenty four seven sports. Yeah, all you the got time. me onto that. <laughs> love it. I love the Devi stuff. Um, so I follow the the recruiting pretty closely. So I, these guys are generally on my radar as they enter college. At least you know the top twenty five thirty backs. Um, so then you know you follow you follow college football and you're gonna notice these guys. Yeah. Um, you know I I might only watch a couple games each weekend, but I'm I'm gonna watch you know, highlights of, of different games and different stuff like that. Well, that's not true. You've been over here and we've watched a full slate of games all day. Helps when you have three TVs going on <laughs> at the same time, yeah, right? Absolutely. Um, so personally, I'm pretty biased towards power five. Um, yeah, I, I generally discount pretty hard. Anything that's not power five for me, it's especially true for wide receivers. Yeah. Maybe less true for running backs. I think if you're athletic enough, We've seen enough smaller school running backs. If they get a high enough draft capital, obviously Penny was kind of a failure. But in general, I think for me, the smaller school wide receivers, it hurts. And since this is a running back episode, I just want to say, like, for running backs, that matters less to me. Game simpler. Yeah. Yeah. But um, I like to watch a lot of film before the combine okay. so that I can kind of form my own opinion and then see whether, like we talked about before, see whether the combine backs it up or not. Um, so, you know, and then from the combine, it's pretty simple. Draft capital and landing spots huge, especially for running backs. It's, to me, one of the biggest factors, probably the heaviest factor of all of them. So I don't know. Tell me about your process. Yeah, I, I have uh, I have similar watch games on Sunday. I like to review the data based on market share and receiving history. That's one of the most important things, is especially in the modern game. We want to see running backs that catch the ball out of the backfield. Yep. What's your magic number for catches? 20. Yeah, I think that makes sense. I think 20 is the, the common. And now that we had such an explosive offense such as LSU, I think it, especially for this class, market share – is a should be a big part of the analysis because I think anyone that was in that system could have caught fifty five balls like uh, Clyde. Ed- Maybe not anyone, but I think Swift or Taylor or Dobbins could have caught fifty five passes. Uh, Swift or Do- Taylor actually had a higher market share of his team's mm-hmm. passes because Wisconsin they just don't pass the ball as much. Uh, I also like to research injury history. I've been burned too many times yeah. by yeah. Running backs this is a fairly healthy class. Uh, I think Moss is one of the ones that has had one of only ones that had some major injuries and missed time, which uh, helps your uh, argument against him. So, how do you value each input uh, when you're talking about this? I actually have similar to Ron Swanson's pyramid of greatness. <laughs> I have a pyramid of running back greatness. Yeah, number one. Draft capital. Yes. And to me, this is magnified at the top of the draft and less important at the bottom. So like the first first round, second round, third round, like if if I'm comparing a first or second round running back versus a third round, that's pretty significant. But whenever I say magnify at the top, if I'm looking at a fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh round running back, I care more about the prospect profile than where they ended. Like for sure. I don't care if it's They're a, shot in a dark sixth anyways. round or a fourth round. Like yep. that that doesn't matter as much. 
but a second round versus a fourth round or later, that's a big difference. Or even a third round versus mm-hmm. a fourth round or later. Number two for running backs is landing spot. To me, it's more important for running backs than to wide receivers, especially with injuries. I'm not as worried about an entrenched starter. For instance, uh, Ingram in Baltimore, like if one of the big five lands there, I don't think that's a big, huge knock for me. Like landing spot's important. It's more that it's a great offense. For sure. Number three is productivity metrics that Mm -hmm. I talked about. I want to see them have a lot of market share. They should be catching the ball, running the ball, and be the main point of their offense as much as possible. Number four is injury history. The biggest identifier of future injuries are past injuries, so I want my running backs healthy coming out. Number five, age. I like my running backs coming out as juniors. Yeah, I don't want the senior yes, running backs. I agree with that. I'm not as ageist as you are, but I do agree with that. Number six, athleticism. And I think, like you talked about, does the testing match the film? Yeah. It's more important for running backs to me than receivers. Number seven, fish for sport only, not for meat. <laughs> fish meat is practically a vegetable. <laughs> That actually stays the same from Ron's Pyramid of Greatness. Great. (laughs) Number eight is film. How do they look? Uh, Some things we're going to talk about in our next episode is we're going to dive more into how you analyze film. Mm -hmm. Do they have a great line? What's their competition like? And I said small school running backs I don't care about as much, but I am not talking about like Division II, Division III running backs. I mean, it's, you know, some of the FCS schools. And then number nine would be counting stats, the least important thing to me. Like, I don't care necessarily care if they had a 1,000-yard rushing season. Even though I do follow the numbers and the analytics, that's not really an important aspect of it for running backs based on everything I've researched. So how do you value it? I want to argue with that, but that is just that's like exactly how I, I think of it, too. Yeah. I mean, capital landing spot, that is definitely the most important for me. Um, and then all of the other things, just, I want to make sure what I'm watching makes sense. So, you know, it's kind of like the idea of a guy like, and this is wide receiver, but these guys like Miles Boykin or, you know, this year's Chase Claypool, not to pick on Notre Dame, but why, why are you guys 99th percentile speed, 99th percentile burst, and you caught 35 balls last year? Right. How could you not beat the competition? So I really want to see, like, do all the inputs add up to the player, the prospect profile. But uh, I, I agree with you completely. In today's day and age, uh, you got to catch the football as a running back. You yeah. know, there's not many guys that are fantasy relevant. Derrick Henry, the I exception. Mean, yeah, and he's buoyed by 18 touchdowns a year. And, right. Well, but, uh, last year, yeah. yeah right, but, right, right. I mean, you look at the top top 10 running backs in dynasty football right now, they're all pass catchers. Yep. But really, like, landing spot is just so important for running backs. Yeah. It's unbelievable. You you look at Todd Gurley with old St. Louis that year. Um, oh, yeah, that was When that he was, was terrible. And, and you look at, you know, I don't know. Just it, it really matters so much. You need a good offense to, to put up fantasy points as a running back. So, yeah, I mean, competition, like we talked about, I'm just never going to be the guy that drafts Rashad Penny um, or someone from a non-Power 5 school, that guy's just always going to get taken before I'm willing to take him. So that's right. just, it, you know, I'll miss out once every 10 years. I'll just miss out on whatever guy hits from non-Power 5 or whatever. And generally those are later round prospects they that are. are taken, like David Johnson, he was a third round, or yep. like a lot of these players that ended up hitting, they're usually not first round picks. Seahawks are dumb. Yep, <laughs> Absolutely. 
So yeah, no, I, I, I honestly think about it exactly like you do. Awesome. What do you think about the fish for sport only, not for meat? Um, you know, I like fishing for sport, but I also like fishing for meat. So mm. I like my running backs that fish for sport only. Yeah. I, I just picture them devouring steak. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> didn't, didn't, uh, Jim Harbaugh have a big thing about just like drinking milk all the time to like, drinking and not eating chicken or yeah, something. Yeah. He's steak so and milk. Weird. Yeah. He's very weird. <laughs> On to what our fans have been waiting for, perhaps. Who are your top five rookie running backs right now before the draft after the combine? This is such a great time, right? Yeah. Like we can form our opinions. They're memorialized on this podcast. We can see how the draft turns out. I just love it. Um, so one, Jonathan Taylor. Two, DeAndre Swift. Three, J.K. Dobbins. Four, Cam Akers. Five, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Hilaire? Hilar? Yeah. Hilar. 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 I what about agree, you? I agree with that. Those are actually my top five rookie running backs. Um, I think DeAndre Swift is buoyed by what we expect to be his draft capital. His numbers aren't as great, but at the same time, in that, that Georgia offense, he was competing against other running backs, especially early on. You see Sonny Michelle and Chubb come out, and then it Swift's the next one in line. And since draft capital – as I said, was my number one most important thing. I expect him to still be. And he doesn't have a serious knee injury like all the other Georgia backs. No, he, he, <laughs> he came out healthy for the most part. Yeah. He, he was a little bit banged up. So was Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Uh, but I have definitely have Cam Akers above him after the combine. I think that, that moved the needle enough for me. Yeah. And Cam Akers was the most productive offensive player on his team for three years. Yeah. Unlike Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. I, I only have... CEH up there because we expect him to be a day one or day two pick. Yeah. Yeah. Taylor for me, Taylor, it's just, it, it, please, like I said, just please watch, watch, go on YouTube, Jonathan Taylor versus Ohio state, Jonathan Taylor versus yeah. Michigan. Just watch it. He has such elite footwork. Um, I know we were talking about this a lot, um, but I just, I really love his footwork. I really love his ability to, to get through the line of scrimmage without kind of, you know, he, getting through the mess without falling over the mess. Um, I feel like Swift and Dobbins are similar and they just kind of have that great all around skill set. Uh, Dobbins Swift, came in a little lighter than I expected. Yeah, me too. Like two or six, two or seven. He came in at two, two Oh nine. Cause two he was two pounds heavier than Eno Benjamin, who we thought oh, was yeah. way lighter than we yeah. expect or way heavier than we expected. Cause Swift came in at two twelve. I mean, that's, he's a thick, he's a thickly built dude at five, eight, two twelve. Yeah. I have here for Dobbins, powerful runner that is good at everything, but probably not elite at anything. Yeah. But I think he can handle himself. I mean, the Swift Dobbins and acres will probably end up as landing spot contingent on how I rank them okay. post NFL draft. So the and most I, I was going to ask her, do you have any tiers? It I sounds do. like you have Jonathan Taylor. Yeah. He's in his tier of his own right now. And then I've got, I've actually got Swift in his own tier right now, Okay, but I could, and then Dobbins and Acres in tier three and then CEH in tier four. But really I could see Swift Dobbins and Acres, depending on if they all get second round capital. Um, I, it's just going to depend on where they land. See, I have Taylor tier of his own, then Swift and Dobbins together, then mm-hmm. Acres and Clyde Edwards, Hilaire in their own tier because as I mean from every stat you look at acres man that offense was just so bad bad. it was so bad but at the same time a lot of things I'm hearing I don't know if he's gonna get 
Mm-hmm. He might get third round. He might get fourth round capital, and at that Not, point, you think after the combine, I thought he played. I thought he he had a great combine. He, he yeah, two seventeen came in at what four four eight. Yeah, four four seven. Um, he did pretty well. I, I don't know. I'm. What, what do you feel about? He's also really young. He's yeah, only 20. he's not even twenty one yet. Um, what do you feel about like I, I'm having trouble not devaluing every player that played for LSU last year. If that was your only productive right, year, right. so Clyde Edwards Hilaire, he he doesn't have any production prior to last year. No, he didn't do anything. Um, Justin Jefferson, I'm not. We'll get to the wide receivers, but I'm I'm actually not devaluing him, and we'll no, talk about he broke that out later. Younger, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah he yeah. competed with Jamar Chase, but like Burroughs and Clyde Edwards Hilaire, I just don't know if I'm going to plant my flag there. Yeah, you think it was the receivers and the the scheme one receivers? Yeah, I mean everything kind of came together. That offense was one of the. That's going to be one of the five best offenses we we may ever see in college football. And it, Hilaire didn't test great. He didn't at all. Best comparable on player profile to Chase Edmonds, which I found kind of interesting. Mm. Yeah, that's not great. No, his speed was his speed was four six, which was thirty fifth percentile for his uh, two oh seven. I mean, his BMI is great because uh, he's only five seven. Right. His burst was really strong too. Yeah, he had um, a pretty high vertical, I think. Yeah. Vertical and long, I just long I get jump. worried. I get worried about whether yeah, like a chicken and egg year. thing, you know? Yeah. Like what did Ellis? Because he was on the team last year. Yeah. The year, I mean, not the year before, yeah, the year before, yeah. But I also like, I mean, I know that LSU gets five star running backs every year, so I also like the idea that he fought off, you know, a ton of high high prospects to to make that production. Yeah, so. that makes sense. So, since one of the most important things is landing spot and draft capital for running backs, I wanted to run through some scenarios with you and see what you thought about your players after our fake drafts that I just created. So, let's say NFL draft in April. Swift goes first round to the Chiefs. That'd be 32nd pick overall. Taylor goes second round, 213 to Tampa Bay. Dobbins goes 207 to the Dolphins, so he actually goes before Taylor. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire goes 308 to Arizona, and Akers goes third round, 22nd pick to the Green Bay Packers. And I actually got this mock draft from this scenario from Tankathon. Oh, okay, cool. The, uh, I was wondering how you came side? up with all these. I That one was from Tankathon. Uh, the other ones were just from other mocks and just kind of put some stuff together based on draft picks and stuff like that. But yeah, that was their mock on that website. So where would you rank the players and how do you feel about those landing spots? I feel pretty good about the landing spots overall. I'm really afraid yeah. with you know a, a group of five. I think it drops off hard after five. So I'm really afraid of one or two guys getting stuck in a spot that you know, either, like you said, what if Akers goes fourth round and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire ends up in Buffalo? Yeah. You know, it, I'm really afraid of uh, of the draft tanking any of them. But in this scenario, I like um, Swift, number one. You know, obviously not just getting first-round capital, but Going also ending Chiefs. Kansas City. Yeah. Oh, my God, how many touchdowns would he score there? Um, I like Taylor, number two. Tampa Bay is such a great spot. And and really, if I don't, it's hard to argue against Kansas City's offense, but Tampa Bay is a really good spot, too. Yeah. For Taylor, um, I think I like Dobbins third here, uh, especially. And I have in parentheses if Tua lands here in the first round. Yeah. So if Tua lands here in the first round, I'll take Dobbins third out of this group, and then I like Acres fourth. 
And then I have in parentheses not re-signing Aaron Jones? Question mark. Yeah. <laughs> well, but, at the at the combine, their uh, head coach said that they want to bring in a third running back. Oh God. He because he was asked, uh, how, "Is Aaron Jones going to take over this backfield?" And he said, "No, I think Jamal Williams is going to have a have a have a role, and we'd also like to bring someone else in to split the carries." So. Oh my gosh. I wouldn't be extremely surprised if something like this happened, especially <sighs> if Akers fell to there. How athletic he is. Yeah. End of the third round. What would your order be? It's the same. You said you had Swift first, Taylor. Yeah, Swift, Taylor, Dobbins, yeah. Akers. I, I have the same. Yeah. I think that's pretty straightforward. It'd be tough between the Swift and between the Taylor Swift. Yeah, Taylor Swift. <laughs> the Taylor Swift. Uh, especially with Taylor on that Tampa Bay offense. Uh, but it's yet to be seen what quarterback's going to land there. Yeah. I think a lot of this will clear up in March because, I don't know, if Phillip Rivers goes there, I don't know. If I feel great to as, to Miami, no to uh, Tampa Bay. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, there's some things that could change the offense and how we how we feel about it. We know we, there's two studs on the outside, lines good, but so I think Swift with the first round capital to the Chiefs is the clear winner there. Another scenario we got Swift goes in the first round. I have 36, but it's pick 26 to Miami. Taylor goes first round to Tennessee and in this scenario we're going to assume they're not keeping Derrick Henry because it'd yeah. be dumb to waste a first round pick on <laughs> Taylor a and Henry in the backfield together that would be pretty wild Henry could be a fullback for him yeah that's true Dobbins in the second round to Detroit which is something I've heard Clyde Edwards Hilar second round to the Chiefs and Akers in the third round to Tampa Bay this, would, this is a scenario. This is one of those scenarios I'm talking about that's going to make it so hard if you're at the top of the draft. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm going to go... Especially with that Clyde Edwards. As much as we think he's the worst of this running back yeah. prospect group, Yeah. landing spot matters. Yeah, I'm going to stick I'm going to stick with Taylor at one here. I like the way Tennessee runs the ball. Um, I, love, I love Jonathan Taylor. So I'm going to stick with Taylor at one, and I'm actually going to go with Swift at two, and then I'm going to jump Clyde Edwards-Hilaire to third. That's... And then Acres um, in Tampa, which, you know, I think Acres, uh, you could make an argument for him being the second running back off this board too, though. Um, and then I've got actually Dobbins last in this group. I, I really, I really don't love Matt Patricia or that offense right now. I mean, I don't mind it from a, a right. pass catching and, and standpoint if, if Stafford is healthy, but I don't know. I'm not loving. I don't know what they're going to do with Carry on Johnson, and and he likes. He tends to bring in a lot of guys. I have uh, I had the same thing except I'm flipping Dobbins and Acres because I'm sticking true to my pyramid of running back greatness with mm-hmm. draft capital being more important and yeah. important important and a high second round pick mm-hmm. signifies to me that I guess it would signify that they don't think that Carry On could stay healthy and they're going to bring in Dobbins and I think Dobbins could really do some damage there especially in a that line's really with good. that line yeah, yeah exactly uh, maybe carry on becomes a third down back or something or Dobbins, even Dobbins in a second slash third down role or something. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It seems silly, but carry on hasn't proven to be hurt on week six. And then he has it all to himself. That's why I have them switch and acres in the third. I mean, Tampa Bay is a great landing spot, but third round capital. uh, So I just have those two, those two switched. All right. Got a third scenario coming up. Swift going in the second round to the ATL, mm-hmm. Atlanta. Taylor in the second round also, two picks later, to the Berg right here, coming to Pittsburgh. Yeah. 
Dobbins in the second round, pick 25 to Houston. Clyde Dobbins, CEH. <laughs> I'll just stick with that. CEH. In the third round, beginning of the third round to Miami. And Akers mm-hmm. in the second round to Kansas City. Yeah, I'm going to pull my landing spot matters here. Yeah. I'm going to go Swift first to Atlanta, then Akers to Kansas City. Taylor to Pittsburgh. Taylor in yeah. the third running back. Just because I, I, and that's just because I have Taylor at this point a couple spots higher than Dobbins. Uh, Dobbins to Houston. I, I'm not in love with Bill O'Brien, the way he re- uses his running backs. Right. He confuses me all the time. And then Clyde Edwards-Hilaire to Miami. I, I don't love that spot for yeah, him. Yeah, it's not exciting. I mean, he would get a lot of volume. Yeah, absolutely. He'd be maybe the best value, but I don't want him any earlier. But I was surprised because I still have Taylor number one yeah and especially in that that offense with ben coming back yeah he can he's gonna he'll instantly be the starter day one and if ben gets james hurt, connor can't he's gonna get 400 carries if ben gets hurt uh... <laughs> you know that's true <laughs> i mean they didn't have any running connor was hurt like they were yeah. starving for running backs we saw benny snell get a ton of carries we saw samuel get carries like anyone they were like please and w- you saw him film how good Jonathan Taylor is, yeah, regardless of stack boxes or not. Yeah, you know maybe five yards a carry for four hundred carries, even if Ben's not healthy. But I have to think they bring someone another quarterback in. Either way, I have Taylor at number one, Swift at number two because Atlanta would be a really interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Spot for NFC him. South, all those you know all those games that blow up and, and everyone, all those domes from everything we've been hearing. Uh, Freeman is gone. Yep, there, he'll he'll be gone at the end. I'm not afraid of Ito Smith. No, Ito Smith, and uh, who was the running back from Pitt? Oh God, Quadri Davis. Qua- Quadri, Quadri Allison. Allison. He actually had four of their ten rushing touchdowns this past year. But and then they've got another guy, Brian from Wyoming. Yeah, 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 Brian Hill. Yeah. So no, that would be that would be interesting. I think these would be interesting. And Dobbins, I still have as a third running back, like you said. I don't know. I think he'd end up being pigeonholed into that first and second i mean he's essentially carlos hyde yeah another ohio state running athletic running back who's good not great just fill right in cheaper all right so wait where'd you have acres in there i have acres fourth okay and then clyde edwards hilaire i'm I'm a sucker i want that kansas city so where'd you have acres uh second Second, yeah, I'm jumping them up. I'm jumping them over Taylor and Dobbins. I want that Kansas City offense. I, I, I like that, but I still think he'll be in somewhat of a timeshare, especially initially. Yeah, uh, he'll he'll come into Kansas City. Damian Williams still has another year left, which I don't think Damian Williams is anything to worry about with Acres, especially how athletic he is. But I think even he would, uh, he did enough. He ha- caught enough, but you will be able to tell me better. Like how smooth is he? Out on his routes, like he, Who? like Cam Akers. Oh, he's he's Smith. Is Actually, he? to be honest, I liked. I know Clyde Edwards Hilaire caught fifty-five balls. I think I was talking to you about this. Swift Taylor. I thought Swift. You said Taylor, Taylor and Akers yeah. all looked better catching the ball. Then, yeah, that makes lot, sense. Clyde Edwards Hilaire. A lot of it was really close to the line of scrimmage. A lot of dump offs. Um, I thought all three of them, even though they caught significantly less balls. I thought all three of them looked better catching the ball. Looked smoother, more mm. natural. You know, I think I'm moving Acres above Dobbins. Yeah. So yeah, I, I'll I'll stick with Taylor Taylor Swift because I like to say that, and yeah. then Acres Dobbins. Yep. Clyde Edwards Hilaire. 
All right, so we got one more scenario, and this one was actually the toughest for me because I just like were, like just screwed things up and wanted to see what would happen, yeah, 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 see absolutely. what your response would be. So I have Swift going in the second round to my Buffalo Bills. Yeah, I have Taylor going at the very <laughs> end of the third round, but to the Kansas City Chiefs. I have Dobbins going in the second round early to Indianapolis, which is a great landing spot. I have CEH, New England in the first round. They make the same mistake. Tom left. Belichick's sad. He drafts a running back in the first round yep. to New England. And Akers just kind of thrown in there in the second round to Miami, yeah. 24th pick. Yeah. So what are you doing with this one? I, I love landing spot. I'm going Taylor number one. I don't care that he went at the end of the third round. Yeah. He's in Kansas City, which I'm a sucker for, like I've already said. Um, and I, I've watched his film. I've seen him at the Combine. Uh, I don't care. I'm going Taylor first. I'll take Swift second. Um, you know, uh, Buffalo's Buffalo, but I do think they run the ball pretty well. Uh, they definitely want to run the ball. I'm not afraid of Devin Singletary. Uh, Frank Gore, I think, just signed a 10-year contract there. So he's going to be there till he's 45, probably. Frank Gore? Yeah. <laughs> Said he wants to come back and play another year, but yeah, it's not going to be in Buffalo. Um, I'll take Dobbins third at Indy. I'll take Akers fourth, and I'll take Clyde Edwards-Hilaire with the first-round draft capital last. And that's what I think about landing spot. Hmm. What about you? Yeah, you must. So you disagreed with me on because I had draft capital number one, landing spot number two. Well, okay. When I say, I guess when, when I think of draft capital, I kind of combine those two okay. into like one score. So to. So you're you're much more round focused. I'm like, well, you know, I'm not gonna take a fifth rounder from Kansas City over a second rounder in Indy. You know what I mean? But if you've got that first, second, man, the last day, pick in the third round, I don't care. I actually have Dobbins. I had Dobbins as number one. I think Indianapolis is mm-hmm. a great landing spot. I think that great line, great line, great landing spot. Bunch of weak defenses in that division. I think he'll take. Take over a thir- three-down roll. There is some competition there with Marlon Mack. Yeah. So I can, I can see that. I had Taylor, number two, uh, trying to stick with the pyramid, but yeah, that's such a juicy landing spot. Yep. I had Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. No, I had Swift, number three, mm-hmm. because I, second versus first. I mean, that's only it's only one round. Yeah. Uh, and I think Swift is... Taylor's the best, but Swift is so much better player than Clyde Edwards-Lair. Then I have Edwards-Lair, and then I have Akers. So yeah. we're New a little Eng- bit different. New but. England as a landing spot would really scare me. Yeah, that would Just because of, you know, I don't think the line's that great. Tom's gone in your scenario. They have first-round Sony Michelle. They've got third-round Damien Harris that didn't even play last year. It would be very confusing if they did this, but yeah. it just scares me. It was confusing when they took Sony Michelle in the first yeah, round. Yeah, it made no sense. Sometimes they... Bill Bill Belichick just does things. Yep. All right. Well, thanks for tuning in to episode 10. We apologize again for the delay in between episodes. Next week, we are going to continue to talk about rookie running backs. You can follow me on Colt at Dynasty in Depth. You on Twitter yet, Ryan? (laughs) Uh, No, not yet. Okay. We can listen to us anywhere. You can listen to podcasts pretty much. So tune in next week as we continue on through the bottom half of running backs, which 
aren't as exciting. No. But go trade for the 101 right now. Get Jonathan Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> Ignore ex- draft capital. <laughs> that's expensive. So we hope you're able to get something out of this and tune in to us next week. Thank right. you. Thanks, everyone. Resume. So you'd said maybe it means more to you than yeah. the GMs. I'm just thinking through where we, we ended up. Yeah, that part's hard to differentiate when you think about all this. Like sometimes at work people will want to talk about the combine and the draft. And I'm just clearly like, okay, if you're talking to me, it's about dynasty. Right. I'm not interested <laughs> in real NFL. Right. Like I could care less. You know what I mean? <laughs> okay. All right. So after it's 